To the Prescribing Truth podcast, all right, here on YouTube at Prescribed Truth. I'm your host, Jamal Bandy. Be sure to subscribe and hit the notification bell so you'll be notified when we have new and upcoming content. You can also listen to us on SoundCloud and Google Play. You can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and on Instagram. Um, also, you email me at prescribed.truth at gmail.com. If you'd like to support Prescribed Truth financially, uh, please do so at patreon.com forward slash prescribed truth. I put the link at the bottom of the screen. Um, now, for those of you who would support um, financially, there are different reward tiers starting off at a dollar. Anywhere from getting a shout out on the show, having your questions answered on the show, uh, discounts on merch, and more. I'm working on that as we go. So please uh, support. If not, please support us with your prayers and your encouragements. And that's gladly appreciated. Um, let's see what else we got here. Uh, today's, on today's show, um, I wanted to discuss a post. Uh, from a uh, from Facebook, um, a guy comment well he comment he tagged me in a post on Facebook, um, asking me a question concerning the Bible, what he perceived would be a contradiction, and um, dealing with the resurrection, and by it being close to Easter Easter um, holiday, uh, you know there's a lot of people coming out right now really upset about Christians celebrating Easter as it is every year. It's the same conversation, never gets old, right? Um, but this particular question is a good question. It's not a bad question. It's a good question. Um, I believe that a lot of people have the same question. If they read through the Bible at any length of time, if they come across this passage and then read the rest of the Gospels, I believe they would have the same questions too. So I don't want to downplay the question as if it's dumb. It's not a dumb question. Um, it just assumes a lot of things. And so we're going to take a look at that real quick. So the question that this gentleman wrote, now, he says, according to Christianity, Christ died on Friday and raised from the dead on Sunday. Matthew twelve forty, for as Jonas was three days and three nights in the well's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Now tell how you get three days and three nights from Friday to Sunday. All right. So this usually comes from the misconception um, of a, uh, a lot of things, misconception about how Jews seen the days of the week, how they viewed um, their days, how they measured time in their days um, compared to how we do it today. And so that's that's where it's assuming a lot of things. Also, it's assuming that Jesus, when he referred to this uh, to Jonah, that he's referring to it in a literal sense. That's assuming another thing. So there's two things here that are being assumed that we cannot just um uh, let ride. We have to deal with these things. Now it's a good question, you know what I'm saying? But let's let's look at it. What is he assuming? All right. So let's read, let's let's read Matthew 1240 again. All right. Matthew 1240 reads, uh, for as for just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the sea monster. This is reading from the NASB, by the way. So will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So one thing we so let's deal with the first assumption. What is the first assumption? That Jews measure days how we do. Because he asked the question, um, tell me how you get Friday from Friday 
to Sunday being three days and three nights. You know, say because you know we we go from midnight to midnight, from in the morning to morning. That's how we do our days, and so I don't see how that could be twenty four hour days from Friday to Sunday being a full day. That would mean that he had to get up on Monday and not Sunday, or that he died on the Thursday and not Friday, or he was buried on the Thursday and not Friday. You know what I'm saying? So that's so that's what we have to do. Let's first deal with that first assumption. So the way Jews measure time was from evening to evening. I would like to say more specifically from twilight to twilight. And the twilight is basically that, that in between time when there's when there's darkness and then light comes, or when there's light and then the darkness is coming. That in between the time. And so at that point is where the Jews would consider that be the next day. And this goes all the way back to Genesis. You read Genesis 1 in the creation account. Matter of fact, I'm doing a read-through Genesis series right now, reading through the scriptures. If you read my first video on that, we're looking at Genesis 1. And it says, evening and morning was the first day when God created light. And then he said there was evening and there was morning the first day. And I said, so there was, it started with evening. And so Jews just kept that tradition that it was in the evening that the day started. And so that was a continual thing. And so we look at scripture to see that. I want to prove that in the Bible as well. Other than Genesis 1, I think that's clear enough. But let's look through some other scripture as in this context of dealing with Jesus, um, close to being Jesus' crucifixion. You know, um, and you follow along with me here and we'll, and we'll go from here. So the first scripture we're going to look at is Matthew 26, verse, 6, verse 17. So Matthew 26, verse 17. And it reads, now on the first day of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover? All right. So this is key. What's going on now? This is before Jesus is being crucified. Matter of fact, this is before the Lord's Supper. And it says on the first day of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover? So they have not yet ate the Passover they're about to. Now, why is it significant? When is the Passover meal prepared? Well, if you go back to Exodus 12 for that. And so we're going to turn back there real quick. See, this is where you have to deal with um, biblical hermeneutics, like letting scripture interpret scripture. And you have to read things in this context. All right. And sometimes that context is dealing with the history, the historical background of the people you're dealing with. And so now let's look at, let's look at Exodus 12 real quick. And I'm going to start at verse 1. It says, now the Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, this month shall be the beginning of months for you. It is to be the first month of the year to you. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying on the 10th of this month, they are each one to take a lamb for themselves, according to their father's household, a lamb for each household. Now, if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his neighbor nearest to his house are to take one according to the number of persons in them. According to what each man should eat, you are to divide the lamb. Your lamb shall be in an unblemished male a year old. I'm sorry, your, your lamb shall be an unblemished male a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. You shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel is to kill it at twilight. Let's stop right there real quick. Why at twilight? Well, if you if you know your numbers, if you can count pretty good, like I'm pretty sure all of you can. What's 14? 14th day is the second week of the seventh day, right? 
I just make that very complicated, right? I just made that sound super complicated. So you got seven days. In Jewish tradition, the seventh day is the Sabbath, correct? Correct. So what would be the 14th day? That would be another Sabbath, increments of sevens, right? Just like the 21st day would be another um, Sabbath day, another day of rest. So on the 14th day is the, how, the, where, how long the lamb should be kept and then killed at twilight. That means that moment in between from morning, I mean, from that day until night, that's when it should be killed because at that point, the Sabbath would be what? Over. Because Jews could not do any work on a Sabbath day. That's correct. You get, you get the prize. You get the prize. And so this is the key. This is key right here. Understanding how they, their day started in that evening at twilight, not from the morning as we look at it. Okay? We want to think about that. So when was the Passover meal prepared? At twilight. So when the disciples came to Jesus and asked them, where do you want us to prepare? What do you want us to come to you to prepare for, this, for, the, um, for, this, for the Passover meal? This was during that time. That was an evening. They was getting ready to prepare the lamb. They were getting ready to kill the lamb and get it ready for the Passover meal. They was going to eat Passover with Jesus, which is going to be that evening. Why would it be that evening? Let's, let's continue the reading in Exodus 12. It says, verse 7, Moreover, they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. They shall eat the flesh that same night, roast it with fire, and they shall eat it with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Do not eat any of it raw or boil it with water, but rather roast it with fire, both its head and its legs, along with its entrails. You shall not leave any of it over until morning, but whatever is left of it until morning, you shall burn with fire. Now you shall eat it in this manner, with your loins girded, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. All right. And so now, so you see here, this is this is where it starts. That evening is where it's and when it's eaten. And it's also eaten with what? Unleavened bread. This will mark the first day of unleavened bread. Verse 14 gives us that. It says, Now this day, this same day. Same 14th day, the same evening when they're eating it the same night. It says, now this day will be a, a memorial to you, and you shall celebrate it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You are to celebrate it as a permanent ordinance. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread, but on the first day you shall remove leaven from your houses. For whoever eats anything leavened from the first day until the seventh day, that person shall be cut off from Israel. On the first day, you shall have a holy assembly and another holy assembly on the seventh day. No work at all shall be done on them except what must be eaten by every person that alone may be prepared for, by you. You shall also observe the feast of eleven bread for on this very day, I brought your hosts out of the land of Egypt. Therefore, you shall observe this day throughout your generations as a permanent ordinance in the first month on the 14th day of the month at evening. You shall eat unleavened bread until the 21st day of the month at evening. Seven days there shall be no leaven found in your households. For whoever eats what is leavened, that person shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel. All right, so we'll stop there. So you see that? Do you see that? I know there's a lot of reading. I hope you were following along. Do you see that? It's key. At evening, the 21st day at evening, that's when it will end. It will end because that will be the end of that Sabbath day. Okay, 
So that's that's key there. So that's so now you got that. Uh, we 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 dealt with um, Exodus Exodus twelve. All right. So now we're gonna look at something else. We're gonna look at now the second assumption. Now let's look at this time the context. Even though we still deal with this prophecy, but look at the context. Um, the Pharisees are asking for Jesus for a sign, a sign about who he is. And so he's telling them no sign will be given but the sign of Jonah, being that he was in the belly of the whale for three days and three nights. Now, interestingly enough, Jonah was not in the heart of the earth three night, three days and three nights. You know what I'm saying? He was, in a, he was in the whale's belly, right? Jesus says that he'll be in the heart of the earth. Now, another, so now let's think about this for a second. How was Jesus buried? How, you know, we know that he died, right? And we know he was buried. How was he buried? Was he buried underground or above ground? I'll let you think about that for a second. If you read through the Gospels, he was buried in a tomb, a borrowed tomb. Um, they're called tombs because they are above ground. You know, and they still consider them the grave because that's where the dead were buried. All right. But he was buried in a tomb, hewn out of a rock, as we're going to read in the scriptures. And so this would signify he was buried above ground. So right there, we have to we have to take out the fact that Jesus was speaking in a literal sense. It was not he was not speaking literally, but figuratively. You know, and though he still was dead, um, he still, even though he still rose from the grave on the third day, you know, and they would consider that to be the full day. Being the Jews, they didn't really think about, oh, it was half a day, it was partial day. They didn't look at things like that. You know, it was on that day, it was three days. Okay, and so we have to think about that too. All right, so now, how do we got proof that Jesus actually rose on the third day? You know, so, so that's scripture to show this. And so let's go through that. With the understanding we have about it, how they seen the days and how they measured time, we can now see how we know Jesus rose on the third day. And matter of fact, he did. He was buried on a Friday and rose indeed on Sunday morning. All right. So uh, let's look at this. Matthew 27, 57. 27 verse 57. I got some scriptures for you now. You got some scriptures for you. If any of you have any comments, questions, anything like that, please don't feel free to comment. Please, please feel free to email me. Um, if you're listening to this on the podcast app, please leave a review and comment. Let me know what you thought of the show. Is it bad or good? Um, but I hope you're getting something out of this. That's the main thing. I hope you're being taught something. If you learned something today, please subscribe. Please share it. Um, so Matthew 27, verse 57. And we're going to look at it. Now, once again, now this is after Jesus had died. Now, I could go back earlier. We know Jesus died um, during the ninth hour. You can go back and read verse 45 through 50. You can see that Jesus died around the ninth hour. Now, according to Jews, the ninth hour were, was likened to our 3 p.m. So it was still daylight, uh, good in the afternoon when Jesus died on the cross. You know, it wasn't nighttime. It was daylight. That's why it was so significant when it said the sun was blacked out because it's not what it's not. This wasn't a time where the sun's supposed to have been blacked out. You know, but it was, you know, so, so he died around the ninth hour. And so now it then it says, uh, verse 57 says when it was evening. So now he died at 3 p.m. And so now evening time came. So it means twilight then passed and it's nighttime now. That means we're into a next day. So I'm going to put this, I'm going to put this little thing right here. Jesus died what would be considered a Thursday for us. He died on a Thursday and was buried on a Friday. Mm, died at, towards the end of a Thursday and died and buried on Friday. And so this is what we see. He says, when it was evening, verse 57, when it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who himself had also become a disciple of Jesus. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it to be given to him. 
And Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a li in clean linen cloth and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had hewn out of, in the rock, hewn out in the rock. And he rolled a large stone against the entrance of the tomb and went away. So now this is key. And it says, then in verse 61 says, and Mary Magdalene was there and the other Mary sitting opposite the grave. You know, so, so here at evening is when Jesus was laid in this tomb. You know, he was wrapped in clean cloth and he was laid in this tomb. That was at evening. That would be considered a Friday. All right. Let's continue. Verse 62. It says, now on the next day, the day after the preparation. Let's stop for a second. What does this mean? The day after the preparation. Now, first it says the next day. So that means that Friday it's all the way past because it says the next day he was late in that evening. But now now you're in the next day. Then it says the day after the preparation. What is the preparation? The preparation is when the Jews will prepare for the Sabbath because they were not allowed to gather on the Sabbath. That sixth day was used as a preparation day to gather everything they need to last them two days. So they had, to, they had to gather what they needed for that Friday or that sixth day and also for that Sabbath day. And so therefore they can gather again on the first day of the week, right? All right, so now it says the day after the preparation. And so now this will mean that this will be the Sabbath day. Though scripture, it just says a day after the preparation. Common sense tells us that this is a Sabbath day. So on the Sabbath, here you have the chief priest going to Pilate. They're doing something that they're not even supposed to be doing on the Sabbath day. That's interesting. Pay attention. It says, now on the next day, the day after the preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered together with Pilate and said, Sir, we remember that when he was still alive, that deceiver said, after three days, I am to rise again. Therefore, give orders for the grave to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come and steal him away and say to the other people, he has risen from the dead and the last deception will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, you have a guard. Go make it as secure as you know how. And they went and made the grave secure along with guards. They set a seal on the stone. Now, here you got chief priests doing this work on a Sabbath day. Wait a minute. That's some hypocritical stuff there. But see, this is on the Sabbath, on the next day, after the, the day after the preparation. So this is this is key. So this is on a Saturday. What is the seventh day of the week for us? Let me hear you say it. Saturday. That's our seventh day of the week. Just like their seventh day will be a Sabbath day. What's the day before preparation? What's the day before the Sabbath? The day of preparation. What is our day before our uh, seventh day of the week? Friday. All right, so Jesus was buried on Friday. And he laid there all through Friday and all through Saturday because they laid there all through the Sabbath. Now, here we go to that key. Here we go. What's going on? That's, that's the first day and the second day. What about this here third day? And so chapter 28, verse 1 says, Now after the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to look at the grave. Now what was Mary doing? This is another, this is another proof of how um, the day before was a Sabbath. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were at the grave when they were being brought there by Joseph from Arimathea. And so they were there. They were preparing Jesus' body with spices and herbs, but they could not prepare him in time before the Sabbath. So therefore they left. Now they're coming back. This is on the third day. 
they're coming back to finish preparing his body for burial. So they didn't believe he, res he rose from the grave. They thought he was still been dead. So they're coming there now. And it says on the next, it says now after the Sabbath. So it's, and it, it's interesting. I don't really want to get into the technicalities of this really, but it's interesting how this word Sabbath is plural. The underlying Greek word is plural. You know, so, so it's saying now after the Sabbaths, you know, so because how they viewed days, how they named days was different how, than how we named days. You know, we say Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and so on and so forth. And they said basically first day Sabbath, second day Sabbath. That's how they did it. You know what I'm saying? And so after the Sabbaths, so this is after those seven days have passed. It says, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week. If it, so you think about it. Remember what we talked about? That the days transitioned at evening, right? The days transitioned at twilight going towards the evening. And so that means if it's dawning toward the morning, that means we're already in another day. The Sabbath had to have passed for Mary and the other Mary to go and prepare spices. Or they'd be going against the law of the Sabbath, right? Right. And so as it dawned toward the morning, that means it was in the third day. And this will also mean that it was still nighttime. It wasn't daylight yet. It was still nighttime and it was just about morning. It was just coming up to morning. And here comes the two Marys fitting get ready to prepare Jesus' body with the um, with spices and herbs. You know, so this is so this is key. So this is on the third day. But look what happens on this third day. So it says, um, verse 2, And behold, a severe earthquake had occurred, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled away the stone and sat upon it. And his appearance was like lightning, and his clothing as white as snow. The guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. They fainted. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who has been crucified. He is not here, for he has risen oh yes he did <laughs> just as he said come see the place where he was lying so now on the third day and just like the preacher say early sunday morning he got up from the grave and that's what he did early sunday morning early on the first day of the week he got up from the grave it was still early morning and so this is blessing so that is how we know Jesus died on a Friday and got up on Sunday. That is how. And so this is how also to answer the question to the gentleman who posted the post that is Jesus didn't he wasn't quoting Jonas, the prophecy of Jonas literally. He was letting them know, hey, this is what's gonna happen. And it did happen. For those who understood, it did happen. All right. So that's so that's that. Um you can also read the parallel um gospels. The, the parallel verses in the other Gospels, um, they, uh, Mark opens up some light, uh, Luke shines some light, and that's, that's pretty good, so please look into that as well. Uh, if you have any questions, remember, you can comment. If you still find some issue with this, which I don't see how you can, but if you do, do not hesitate to hit me up. Do not hesitate to leave a comment, you know what I'm saying, and we can discuss it further. I'm open to that. Now, remember, in a world full of errors, the only thing the doctor prescribes is truth. Blessings.